Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. everybody and welcome to red wings rant where tirades and passion please for your detroit red wings finally have a home we've got more losing to talk about um i don't know there's a lot of stuff to talk about today i i mean we could talk about that predators game like we could talk about alex chase on if you want mike i mean it's it's just we're going we're going macro you know, we're looking to the future. We're looking at what's going on in the NHL right now. It's that's kind of what the news is, right? Like, uh, well, here here's a bit of news that's super yeah. relevant to us. Uh, what is it? March? Yeah. I'm sorry, May eighth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, May eighth. Sorry, <laughs> I thought you were yeah, going to say May eighth is going to be our. Uh, that's our that's our special day, Mike. That's our Super Bowl. Oh, it's uh, Little Caesars, right? The Red Wings Day? The draft lottery. Oh, yeah, the other one. I like Little Caesars, uh, the team. I, I, um, I'm definitely coming in, or uh, you're hearing me at a slower rate, because you're answering me way, you're, you're interrupting me, which I think you are, and you're not actually. I do like uh, interrupting so you, though. One of us it's, needs to reset here. It does, it's great. Uh, I'm going to read a few comments, Matt. I see you moving and the, the audio is off. Podcasting. Why don't you, yeah, read read your comments and then uh, I'm going to reset and I will be right back. And that's how live <laughs> podcasting works. It's the best part. Hey, everybody. We're, uh, we're going to wait for Matt here. We got a little bit of a delay, um, internet-wise. Uh, no, no other real delays. So, uh, Chewy, just saying, glad you're here. Glad you're home. Glad you're safe. Glad you're with the Red Wings rant. Oh, wait, hold up. Uh, as I'm re as I'm refreshing my screen, I hear Mike say, hold on, we're going to wait for Matt. I told you. That's, that's not what I said, but uh, I'm glad that... Uh, it was refreshing, so... <laughs> yeah, and also you are uh, still having a little bit of lag there. No! Um, your no was on point. Wonder of Ohio. Do you guys think that the Red Wings are getting to the payout? I... Playoffs. Um, about no. Nope. Maybe if they buy a ticket, right? No way. Uh, Jared Sider snubbed for top goal of the week. You know, Jared, even if it wasn't necessarily best goal of the week, can we win something? You know, give us that. Ken Young, what's going on, brother? Good to see you. Dan B. May 8th, 2023. The Wings rebuild is complete. Um... Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> we got a, at least we got a couple of picks in there, right? Um, 
Tristan, how are you? Jared, I'm glad that you appreciate this. this is uh, the Mike episode. And then Craig, good to see you, bud. Um, Matt, how's, well, my audio, how's my audio coming in? You're coming in good. Dad B's talking about when we uh, we win the draft lottery, right? And we get Connor Bedard, or maybe we get number two, and we'll chop off our willy for Adam Fantilli, right? Hashtag, wait, is it chop or cut? What did I do? Hashtag cut off your willy for Adam Fantilli. And, uh, of course, hashtag lose hard do, for Connor uh, Bedard. A little attitude era WWE. It should be choppy, choppy, peepee, peepee, you know. Okay, well... I wanted to use Adam Fantilli's name. Choppy, so... choppy, pee 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 for the Fantilli Tilly. There you go. Beautiful. Right. No, yeah, you're right. You proved me wrong. That's got a better ring to it. See, I made it longer. There, Jared calls it. <laughs> um, so Mike, Matt, oh. uh, just last comment here before we get into the real juice of the show. Hold on, Craig. Um, yeah. Devastated here by your expanding of the number of playoff teams in our fantasy hockey league because I went from immediately starting in the uh, conference finals to probably being out in the first round. So I, I appreciate you setting me up with uh, the team that has Connor McDavid. So yeah, appreciate you looking. Yeah, no, no problem. Um, so yeah, that that we kind of just skimmed over that. I. Uh, there was a point, Mike, where where you pointed out to me that there are only four teams in the playoffs, and I went, "Well, I guess we'll change it for next year." And then I was screwing around with the settings, and it said, yeah. "Would you, you know, I could change it four teams or eight teams in our fantasy hockey league playoffs?" Yeah. And I was just like, "I wonder what happened if I did this." And I switched it to eight, and it worked, and I could save. And I was like, "Hey, now I'm in the playoffs." Um, which it's look, I fully recognize that it's kind of a shit move on my part. I get it. But were we really going to have what are, how many don't we have like 20 teams in our league and only have four teams in the playoffs? That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's true. So bad move on my part to start, but I got it fixed before the playoffs. Start. I bet most of the people in our league in the Red Wings rant league would have guessed eight at least eight teams made it to the playoffs. Um... Not four. We would have been done in two more weeks. Our league would have been dead. <laughs> I thought it was maybe like an ode to like, you know, the old original teams, you know, only like one team made the playoffs and that team was the champion. You know, that's how it used to be. <laughs> um, but uh, I know we got a couple, we got a couple. Uh... Jared said Matt beat me like a rented mule this week. Oh, well, uh, yeah. WWE uh, fanatics over here. You want to be a, I... a, a government mule. Am yeah, I facing definitely. you this week, Jared, or was that last week? Right, help help me week. out, because I I know last week I did well, and this week I'm I I'm starting out pretty good in that first round of the playoffs. I don't know. Look at you! I'll be getting the first or second pick next year. Uh, <laughs> I wish it worked like that, Chewy. Yeah, uh, Chewy. no, it's uh, we're gonna do a keeper league, Chewy. So uh, you're stuck with all those Red Wings that you drafted. You. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we should get into some content here. Um, well, what one quick thing, Tristan yeah. here. Now we don't, we're not doing draft coverage yet. Tristan says I'm taking Mitchkoff over Fantilli all day. Wow, that's I, a lot of confidence, and uh, I don't know how we're going to uproot that guy out of the country. But uh, that's that's my problem. I I would almost, if that was the best guy available, I might even trade back Mitchkoff. I feel like Fantilli. I, I'd I'd be just so get him scared. Up, you know, ninety four. You know, in a in a sedan. Uh, Mitchkoff, I need a, 
When can Mitchkoff come to the NHL? Question mark. Uh, he's considering. Are you saying, uh, when you looked that up? Are you looking up Google or ChatGPT? That was ChatGPT. Is it working? ChatGPT, please explain how we're gonna um, rescue Mitchkoff from the motherland. I, you know what? I typed this in. I really thought this would just be the first answer would pop up. Um. All right, the athletic has he's going to be a star, but his KHL contract is quite the owie and the bum bum. Uh, it's a weird title for an athletic article, honestly. This is uh, fun to skim an article, I bet. Uh, 2026 through the 20, so you could get Mitchkoff 26 27. So that's not to say like. If he was on my list of prospects right now, like I wouldn't be counting down the seconds. I just don't think I'm not, I'm not going after that now. Right. We're on all of these lists of like, Oh, could be a playoff contender in the next couple of years. Nah, I think he's right on line with our rebuild. I mean, we're not going to be relevant till, you know, we're, we're slow build, man. We're not ready till like 2028. I'd say at the earliest. If, if you are, if you mean that in all honesty. Yeah. Fine, I mean, but I, I guess I'm I'm outside of that. If, if I had the choice between Fantilli, who I think will be ready to go in a couple of years. Like, Fantilli is graded as, like, in the last three drafts, he'd be number one. Like, it's not to say, like, he's a regular number two pick. Like, he's so good in these last three drafts, he would have been, been taken first overall. Connor Bedard is, you know, we all know. This is graded as generational talent. This will be the game changer for the Coyotes, probably the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, the Sharks. The Sharks, the one, are they the ones that quietly jumped down to the bottom of the league? Can't remember. Yes. Um, but any hoozles, like, that's that's oh going to be huge. Ken Young, Putin may put Mitchkoff in his army. Ken, you know, I laughed, and then I was like, well, maybe. I, you know, this he's really dragging out this Ukraine bullshit. And just to spite us, he might do that. I don't know. Tristan says, uh, if he signs his entry level immediately, he's able to terminate the KHL anytime. He just won't ever be allowed to return, which I, I don't know. Feel like you'd want that option. <laughs> yeah, Dan A says, uh, uh, Fedorov will smug him out, smuggle him out, smug him, smuggle him out, and he'll play his first game uh, when we retire 91. So that'll be how Fedorov earns that retired jersey up in the stands. I like that, Dan. Now you're now we're thinking creatively here. That's Dan A. Oh, man. And we got Dan B coming in. Well, Dan B's always been here. I believe the NHL honors KHL contracts. He couldn't just leave. That's the impression I was under. I I still think that these guys have this ability uh, to terminate contracts, you know, like they or it, they don't have to fulfill the contract. Right. But there's don't punishments have, for that. Don't we have an ambassador over there named Pavel Datsuk? Well, Pavel's always got other things on his mind that we try not to bring up because it tarnishes his reputation as I know, a, but he's got a he's got a particular set of skills, uh, you know, that could kind of bail us out here. You know, we haven't called on him in a long time. I think we shoot up the Datsuk signal um, and see if he can help us out here. I did see um, 
This is more just like a quick little side note. I saw uh, one of the, you know, thousands of Red Wings blogs. Uh, one of them did a bracket and Pavel actually beat out Fedorov. thought that was pretty wild. Like a, you know, March Madness bracket. Kind of surprised by that. So anyway, official stance of uh, Matt Clake on Red Wings rant. Mike, you're you're going Mitchkoff. I am... I'm not no, ready to I'm, wait. I'm going for the guy I can drive up 94. Um, I, I'm I'm not ready to dive into that. I still love the poetry <laughs> of Detroit sports and having two second picks out of the University of Michigan being like, you know, ushering in the new generation of Detroit sports. I think that would be so much fun. I'm just not confident we can pluck him out and get him here in a timely manner to play with the team. It's just, I think it's just going to be an awkward situation. <clears throat> um, I mean, we're, we're waiting on our own, on our own guy. Are we waiting on Buchelkov? Buchelnikov? I think I've skipped a <laughs> syllable. Yeah. Did you want to talk about him first? Cause this is going to fit into our, um, I had, we had a re like, there was a story I wanted to tell with our slides today. Um, Dmitry Buchelnikov. See, I just skipped a syllable. I still had the pronunciation. I think you said like Buchagras. I think that's where you were headed. I had Um, Buchagras. Yeah. I kind of just wanted to talk about this because I think I think it's something that's fun to think about. I have seen a few reviews. If I could pull this up here, and you guys can see like where the numbers are at right now. Um, Reviews of like where he's absolutely killing it, which is the VHL, and and a lot of. People who are closer to that league than I am have criticized that league for not being able to develop players properly, and um, the defensive talent is is lacking. I can't speak to that. I just was sad to find that in some of the descriptions of what's going on with uh, Booch right now. I just I I love the idea, you know, that we're we're bringing up a winger from Russia who'll be here in a couple of years, and we can we can go one for one. We can match the Kucherov story for for Steve Eiserman. Um, it's just, there, there were some things that you kind of want to pause and like take the expert opinion in for a second, because it is always fun to watch highlights of guys scoring goals. Um, but I, I, I just, I, that, that opinion that I, I read this week, uh, scared the crap out of me and, uh, like to have, to have somebody just take a huge dump on the VHL, um, Basically, where where Booch right now is killing it, and to say like, all right, it's fine, but and again, it's this human being's opinion. It was like, okay, that's fine. However, this league is absolute garbage. Like it would be way more fun seeing Marco Casper, uh, who actually I think he just walked away with an award, but to see him do that in the SHL, you know, kind of thing where that's like right there or in the khl what am i doing i'm skipping over a whole country uh but yeah having booch do what he's doing in the khl would make a huge difference um so i think that's that scared me and i can read other opinions but once i see one person like call out an entire league and say eh, like talent's talent right if he makes the goals look pretty you can't fight it but I'm just trying to pull back on my excitement because of that. Because it it's right. It's like perfect. Booch is our cooch. Kucherov. Um, oh, man. The booch and the cooch. Man. Yeah. 
the Vasilevsky and then the Kosalevsky. Yeah, they're 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 pretty similar, Matt. I think uh, I think Iserman, he's trying to he's just trying to do a greatest hits. Um, but yeah, the Bucci, Matt, he's got a lot of large facial features. Um, he, well, he looks like blonde Adam Driver. He's, thought... got big, he's got big lips, a big nose, big chin. He look, he's even got the same haircut. <laughs> he looks like Adam Driver. I like that. I, I was thinking like if uh, Bella Ramsey and uh, Artemi Panarin had a baby, it would be, it would be Booch. No, Bella uh... Ramsey from The Last of Us. And anybody? Anybody? Yeah. No, that's Adam Driver, man. I'm sorry. That's that's the closest one right there. He just dyed his <laughs> hair. Right, so He's getting ready for do... a new hockey movie. Yeah. So we'll do Adam Driver and Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Okay. Just the eyes. The eyes scream Bella Ramsey to me. Um, he does have some Bella eyes. Yeah, yes. Thank you. All right. That's all I wanted to hear. <sighs> now Tristan throws out there legit gonna be deadly. Guy looks to be twenty five to thirty goal scorer. Second, third line, right wing. When we win a cup, um, Hold on, I gotta save my receipt for when Tristan said that about Joe Valeno. Hold on, let me find that. I <laughs> <laughs> I can rib him a little bit, right? Just a little bit. Do you know for a fact that Tristan said Joe Valeno was going to be a twenty-five to thirty goal scorer? No, I think he said like thirty-five to forty. I can't remember. <laughs> he didn't really say I, that, but I, I, I'm not. I, I can't say. Whether or not that ever happened, but yeah, there I'm ribbing him. There he is. Never said I'm that. I'm ribbing him. I'm ribbing him. I know, but rib him for rib him for something real. I don't think he ever said that about Joey V. <laughs> no, Tristan, we we got high on uh, Wyatt Newpower, and of course he hasn't made the trip back up. Uh, we did like a full episode about Wyatt Newpower. And I'm not blaming Tristan at all. I think we were both on that same boat where we were like, whoa, this could actually be a difference maker. And then it didn't work out. I think that's the one time Tristan got us like excited about someone. And it was like, all right, I am going to take a look. And then I, it wasn't Tristan's fault. I looked at everything that was going on with Wyatt and I got excited too. But the reason, and we're going to come to this with Booch. I'm just going to start saying Booch so I don't have to like do the math in my head and go Buchelnikov. Buchelnikov, Buchelnikov, Buchelnikov. There. Um, Tristan, I, I'm an idiot on New Power. You're not, man. I mean, we all got misses, hard. right? I skipped a whole syllable and Booch. See, I'm not even going to do it again because I'm going to miss another syllable. Yeah. Buchelnikov. No, I'm not doing it. I'm just going like, to call him the Booch. Like Chell 23, you know? Yeah. Okay. So the reason that conversation is important was because uh, <laughs> we were sent this love list today. Not us, but uh, subscribers to The Athletic. Uh, the average championship roster checklist. And maybe Buchelnikov and Mitchkov help us fill this out in a couple of years by 2026, Mike. Because we certainly don't have most of these isn't, right now. But isn't that like part of the pressure? for for matt v like i mean like he comes over in 2026 you better fucking score 30 goals you know what i mean like 30 40 goals when you come over you're spending an early pick on now if, if he falls back and you kind of fall into mitch Koff, i think i think you can sell me mike like you could sell me that this is fine for the timetable it's okay we can build a team and then mitch Koff will come over but again when he comes over, 
it's got to be fucking instant, man. We're not playing these games. We're not playing one to two years. Oh, he's got to learn the North American fucking game. No, man. You got to produce day one if we're waiting until the 26-27 season. And I know that that sounds rough. Because well, I don't know. What, I, what like would he be? Pressure, like 21? The pressure for him, I feel, is pretty low. I mean, ooh, I got drafted in a on another continent. You know, maybe I'll go check it out. You know, I, I don't think there's any pressure. That's on true. Him. <laughs> I feel like the real pressure is on the general manager, uh, Mr. Mr. Iserplan himself, because um, we know how much he fetishizes, uh, you know, the the first round of that HL draft. Ooh, I'd be uh, asking a lot to uh, potentially pick up a guy you're you're not going to see for you know three plus years and then potentially yeah. ever i mean that's another thing that scares me about that that's three years of not being and, developed by your own yeah that was the next thing i was going to say is how much the red wings really really want you to go through every ebb and flow of their system and uh that's not going to be an option with this guy so you better figure out some way to, you know, integrate him into the system and, uh, you know, bring in some, some more Russian players for him to kind of hang out with. But, um, Fethdar, good to see you, bud. And I know Matt, he's, he's got the little, uh, the, uh, the code for this, uh, yeah. um, this table here. Another, another quick call out, Dan B, uh, Amadeus Lombardi, third in OHL scoring. I think we might've called out or maybe we missed that last week, but anyway, um, another good call out for building out what we're about to talk about. Um, and what Feth Dyer just threw out there was, uh, what the hell are we looking at? So this is the athletics average championship roster checklist. This is one of my favorite things that they've created. Cause it really, it really helps you see like how far away some teams are. It could really help predict what we're about to watch as we jump into the playoffs and who's going to win the cup. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, I want to go through these rules for all the YouTube viewers because uh, they're not rules. I'm sorry. Uh, sort of like, um, what's the key of what we're looking at here? And uh, the average championship roster checklist. Well, well, I'll start on the left side here because what you're looking for is an elite center, an elite winger, elite defenseman, and an elite goalie. And you could still look at uh, back at 2020. What didn't check off the box insanely based on the regular season was Vasilevsky for an elite goalie. So it could still all be done, but I just want to keep going down the list. Elite center, winger, defenseman, goalie. Check, 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 check. You got to check those boxes. Then top line center, top line winger, top line winger, number one defenseman. On top of your elite defenseman. So a guy performing so well, he could be a, a number one defenseman anywhere else plus you have your elite defenseman now top six forward top six forward top pair defenseman and a top pair defenseman again we just talked about having a number one defenseman paired with your elite defenseman and now we've got a couple of top pair defensemen as we fought down the list now uh fethdar again asks what are these colors for all the people watching on youtube for the podcast listeners what you're gonna have to do is just kind of take our word on stuff going forward because <laughs> we've gone through this list here of the players that you're looking for and do the red wings have these players we'll go over that in a little bit uh yeah. but for the athletic um where's where's my colors oh no that's the wrong screenshot motherfucker all right, well, let's read Elite First Line Center. That's among uh, the very best players in the world. Of course, same thing for the 
first line winger, uh, two other top line wingers on each of the top two lines, top line center, two more top six forwards for depth in the middle six, an elite number one defenseman, a second number one defenseman to play to play behind him, another top pairing caliber defender to crush soft minutes on the third pair, and a top 10 caliber starting goaltender. All right, so here's the game Matt's going to play right now. Mike, do you have any thoughts on that so I can find this other picture? Yeah, there's some... Uh... Some scary epiphanies. I think we're we're gonna. Well, I guess not really an epiphany, but I, you know, as far as trying to see where the Red Wings are and compared to this, um, you know, these teams, uh, it seems like we're we're missing most of these. Um, <laughs> and we'll yeah, but we'll show those off in a sec. But I I, I did th- find my only my only beef ready. with this uh, my only beef with this is um, yes, it does make sense to look at this like at a at a championship level, like what the very best team does. But I mean, like, if we look at last season, uh, and we just used, oh, I don't know, the Toronto Maple Leafs. How many of those do you think that they fill in? So it's it's tough because I I, I wouldn't use this and say, you know, nope, I'm gonna build my team completely different and not get an elite center and an elite winger and an elite you know defensive pairing. But Man, I, I, just just ballparking it. How many of those would you feel feel like the Maple Leafs could fill in? All of them. You think? Oh so? well, I'm sorry, goalie. Let's let's take off goalie. I think I might uh maybe just elite goalie. Well, there we go. So yeah, this is everything except for the elite goalie. Which yeah, that one was quick for me to jump off of. And their second top six forward, which again, where was that? Another top pairing. Nope. Two more top six forwards in the middle six. So let's let's talk about this. We're saying misses, right? So I found the uh, when you guys look at these charts, uh, the red X falls below the range entirely. A gray check mark is passable, but below the average champion. A uh, black check mark above average relative to the average cup winner, and a gold check mark exceeds the range entirely. So, okay. like the Avalanche last year, are all gold check marks except for elite goalie, which kind of lines up with the eyeball test, and uh, the top six forward, which would be the that middle six guy. And then, um, what's our last one there? An- another top pair defenseman. Um, that would crush third line pair or I'm sorry, third pair minutes is uh, how it's defined by, uh, and, and we haven't even called out his name, but the article is by Shana of the athletic. And then of course, Dom Luchizen is the guy who put this all together. So like you said, Mike, um, you're taking a look at uh, the avalanche had everything except for those three spots, the lightning, Jeez, oh, Pete. I mean, in the 2021 season, they missed on having their top six forward that was like uh, eating up minutes in the middle six. But for the most part, they were hitting the hitting the mark as like the average Stanley Cup champion top to bottom. And then they were kind of just barely missing. Question. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, what, they're all what, over the place. Yeah. What defines an elite goaltender? Because I'm looking at the year 2020. Tampa Bay Lightning, and there's a big red X for elite goalie. 
Well, it's not like you look at Vasilevsky. Like we, I, I already, and I hope you do this too. Like he's already on my Mount Rushmore of greatest goaltenders of all time. But a lot of that had to do with the 2020 playoffs, which this isn't measuring that. This is measuring those regular season numbers moving into the playoffs. And probably some five-on-five five numbers could have hurt Vassy. Um, but Did I don't know what to tell the, you. The next you know, season, he was a gold check mark, and like yeah, above. Do you, do you above know if they all. said it was about war, or which? Do you know which stat they used? No, because this is about the Red Wings. I didn't go in depth on what happened with Vasilevsky. <laughs> Okay. I'd say the other kind of fun thing, and I, I know this will tickle you a little bit, that yeah, if you're going to say the two teams that had the least and still won would be the 18 Capitals and uh, Mr. Kane himself in uh, 2015. Whew. A lot of... There's no gold on that team. I don't know. Those... 2012 Kings, like this lines up with the conversation of like how this is a measurement of your regular season. Like the Kings were the eighth seed, right? To win the cup. So not a great regular season, but they turned it on in the playoffs. So that's not to say like this. uh, I think that's a good thing to bring up. Like this isn't the be all end all, but I think you said it right. Like there isn't a GM out there who's like, I'm not going to follow this. But I think what Dom has created here is a way for us to see how far away we are. I think that's what this tool is used for. Like how either how close someone is, how close are they compared to other people in the playoffs? But I don't think anybody's using this as a tool to say, <laughs> oh, that's how you build a good hockey team. Like <laughs> I think I think you you use this as a tool to see how far away you are. Yeah, the other GM is like a big fan of the, you know, Disney Mighty Ducks movie. You know, we'll just get all the worst kids in town and we'll win the cup. So Jared says, uh, this is about the Red Wings? It is, eventually. <laughs> and uh, Fethdar does actually say that. I'm sure they'll get to it shortly. Also, uh, Jared had a good uh, rib for me uh, when I made up uh, legendary Red Wing uh, Albertson when I combined Albert and Johansson into one name. So I appreciate that. <laughs> So this one's fun. Like this makes it even more interesting with the goaltenders. Cause uh, I'm looking at the Bruins now just to kind of, we'll go from the Bruins and you guys will see where I'm going with all of this, but even like Allmark, who's, I mean, right. I mean, we're, we're talking about our, our Vesna winner here. Uh, he's still a black check Mark, not a gold check Mark. Just a little fun fact for you to, to chew on. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning checking a lot of those boxes, except having a top pair defenseman down in your bottom uh, pair. Uh, Maple Leafs doing a lot of the same thing, except for, again, top six forward getting in the way, which we already talked about. I thought this one might be fun to bring up. Uh, Sabres and the Ottawa Senators. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, our peers. Yeah. Yeah, the Sabres have everything checked, except for when it comes down to depth. Right. So you could make the argument the Sabres could uh, at least make it to the second round uh, with their top couple, you know, top couple lines. And then there are a couple of pairings there. Ottawa, and we'll compare them to the Red Wings in a second here for all the fighting we've been doing on Twitter with the Ottawa Senators and not just us, but all of you lovely people out there. Analytics test Ottawa's got, uh, you know, they're a little bit closer. They've also got some good depth going down there they just got to get rid of matthew joseph another enemy of uh detroit red wings fans all right oh, so boy. here's the wingdings um 
so basically for podcast listeners, we looked at, uh, you know, Boston checking a lot of boxes, Tampa still checking a ton of boxes, Toronto checking a ton. Then we looked at our peers, like Mike put them Buffalo and Ottawa checking a lot of boxes in their top six and the top couple of pairings missing out on some depth. The Detroit Red Wings have one box checked so far and are finding ourselves into the average cup winner conversation. Again, this doesn't, it's not the be all end all the LA Kings. If you are hoping Steve Eiserman builds the, the LA Kings and we can have a couple of cup runs because Jonathan quick is in his heyday. Sure. I suppose Steve, Hey, how many draft picks has he given up for a goaltender? Maybe that's what he's trying to do. Um, but to reset the conversation, the Detroit Red Wings in comparison to all those teams, comparison to the average cup winner, the question on this episode was how far are the wings from contending? Mike out of the 12 measured spaces, on the average cup winner list, we have uh, we're eleven away from. from Matt, I got four cup. words for you. Let them see red. That's right, because those boxes are red. Good call. Yeah. Um, Come on, Walmart. Remember, remember when I got in an argument with uh, with Max Boltman, and I was like, you know how great it would be to have like Tyler Bertuzzi on the third line, and he was like, that's no team's gonna no, that's not a thing, and I was like, yeah, that's like. When you're the Stanley Cup champion, you are good enough to have Tyler Bertuzzi on the third line. Right. You want to like, afford enough depth dance. to have him down there. Yeah. Right. So that's the situation Boston's in now. <laughs> I wanted to remind you, situation. I have not, I don't forget. Yeah, right? You know, man. Matt's got yeah. a lot of receipts up there. It's yeah, all receipts under that hat. Um, so, I mean, how, I mean, how, these numbers how are long not do as we look at this, think, right? right? Because uh, I have to figure, I have to think some of what, has has brought Mo Sider down is his playing with Sherrod for a little while. Right. Um, um I, I think another thing on here too is as much as you know what I, I will say even I'm I'm gonna try and save myself, but I'll, I'll admit, like I, I was like I, I said from the start with Andrew Cup, my problem is how many minutes he was getting. And I think some people have interpreted that as me saying he sucks. I'll just say I was wrong about Andrew Kopp based on the last couple of weeks because he's really turned it on. He looks amazing. I'm going to say he, like where I said, oh, maybe we shouldn't be given the guy who's injured so many minutes. Okay, whatever. Whatever the situation is, I'm giving him his props. He's looking amazing right now. Just want to call that out. Matt was wrong. I don't know. Still trying to save myself. So clearly I'm still a piece of shit. Anyway, he's doing great. Is he a top line center? No fucking way. Is Dylan Larkin? Yes, but we have Dylan Larkin in our elite center spot. So I love this experiment. I think it's done a little incorrectly because what I'd like to see, like, God damn it all to hell, everybody. Dylan Larkin is the top line center, right? But they're comparing him to the elite level of scoring we see at the top line center, which we know... Dylan hasn't cracked that yet. So I, I, as much as we love Dylan, he's our, he's our first line center. I have no problem. It's still measured against the production levels uh, that we've seen from his competition. So he's not, he's not quite there. He's missing the mark from the analytics, but I think you check that box. If he gets knocked down to top line center, there's something else that gets slotted in there. 
Like, think about just getting, if there's some, if in two years we bring in Austin Matthews, which I'm just playing that game just for a second, you immediately, we assume more insiders numbers, get the charat rub off of it. You check a box off at the elite center. You check a box off at the top line center. And what, you know, what happens when you bring Dylan Larkin down to the next line and he's playing with Lucas Raymond, who will also have a couple more years under his belt. So I, that is to say, I think we're a lot closer than this thing actually leads on. Cool. Really? Um, well, I think what's interesting about like the, the judgment. Not to, Red Wing, I, I, did, Red I do want to correct myself. So I did the, just say we're an Austin Matthews away from fixing oh, this. I'm not. I, that was just one example. Yeah, off we're the top a couple of my head. pieces away. Um, the, uh, the funny thing about this is I, when we are contending, it's not that I don't think that these guys, these names will necessarily be on the team. A few of them have longer contracts, so we're going to be seeing them for a long time. Um, look at you, Mr. Cop. Um, I think the most important column in this table for the Red Wings is role. Because I think the Red Wings do have, you know, players that other teams want. Um, that's why it, I think it went really, you know, so quickly at the deadline. Um, and we were picking up first round picks, you know, for Peronix and, you know, for Tuzis and, Peronic basically had, you know, half of one really good year this year. Um, not that his second half was bad, but it just wasn't as good as when he had the mustache. And Bertuzzi is, he's got one thirty goal season. He definitely does, but he's got a lot of boo-boos. So it's just, we, we don't have guys who are ready for those roles. Um, and I, I just, it's, it's going to be, this team is going to be good kind of piggybacking a little bit off of what you were saying with, uh, you know, if, if you're in a position to put Bertuzzi in the third line, it's just, you gotta, you gotta basically knock all these guys down, um, you know, one to two lines um, outside of Cider, who I think, I think we can find some spots where, you know, he, he's pretty close to being an elite defenseman. Um, he definitely had some, um, some of the deep cut numbers last year when he was just a rookie. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be too disappointed in this. And then I think if, you know, probably someone who wouldn't take a lot of value out of this um, this table is Iserman. Because, um, I, you know, I think you would have tried to move Larkin if you didn't think he was worth, you know, almost $9 million a year um, and kind of down, down the line there. Um, oh, and Ken Young throwing in. Stevie can take as long as he chooses. He has a lifetime job. Yeah, he, he probably does. I thought that um, related to your to your comment. That's why I pulled it out. What stinks is even when we had Hronik and Bertuzzi, I you know I think they still would have been a couple of red red X marks up there. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean these names like Peron, you know we're, we know we we only got what one more year with him. Um, who so? I don't know if he's going to be around. We, you know, we like, you know, yelling his name, the who, um, at Little Caesars Arena. But I think you <laughs> want to get to a point where you're, you know, relying on Kosa. Um, well, this is like, I mean, like, look at, look at Peron at a, what, what is, what is he measured at? Is that a 1.8 or 1.5? Five. Right. So if you look at the average cup winner, you're moving Peron down to that third section at top six forward which the um, 
the game score is basically what we're looking at here is a 1.1 and David Perron being a 1.5. Like that's where he fits, right? Like from the start of the season and this didn't actually come to fruition. Um, and this is when the blues were still contenders. Uh, uh, Friedman, Elliot Friedman was saying he's just counting the days till David Perron gets traded back to St. Louis. And that's where he would have fit in was fit in, in that conversation in the top six forward eating up some middle six minutes. Like that's the sweet spot for David Brown. That's where we had him eating middle six minutes at the start of the season. And the things kind of got out of hand. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, just, I just think the scariest thing is that a lot of these teams, you know, we looked at a couple of our peers. Uh, we looked at the teams that are, you know, playoff teams, um, teams winning cups. <sighs> they drafted at the top of the draft. So I think the maybe the scariest thing is uh, I, you know, Beiserman tried to kind of, you know, rebuild again on the fly by, you know, acquiring, you know, soon, you know, near future first rounders, you know, for guys who are NHL talent. And I think that ideally, you know, not just with, you know, being able to kind of knock guys down into the roles they should be in, when you have like real elite players, they can kind of lift everybody up. And uh, I don't, I don't know if we have anybody who you know is that kind of superhero level on the team. All right, I will say, because the Devils are are in a playoff spot right now. Besides Jack Hughes in 2019, but of course that means we lose more at Cider. I I don't know. Like then you're talking Lafreniere. Then you're talking Owen Power, who's not terrible. But again, like trying to look for like, you know, that that level of player that you find on Tampa Bay. You see that Pasta just got paid 11 mil a year. Um, it could come. It's not here yet, though. Uri uh, Slavkowski, uh, Shane Wright, of course, last year was supposed to be the number one pick. Like, and I'm not, you know, last year, what do you do with that? So I, I get what you're saying. I, I wonder if just like the crop of talent just hasn't developed yet. And maybe we, we've already lucked into one of those guys. Yeah, I, like I mean, we started uh, the conversation with Booch. Yeah. I mean, we've had some guys who, uh, I don't know, was it a pretty good crop? You know, I don't know if our guys have been in goose suits or what, but uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I don't know how we get out of this without really like bottoming out. <laughs> Unless you want to try and you know do more peripheral mo peripheral moves um you know trading third rounders for you know goalies and drafting at you know 10 11 and 12 um i don't know it's it's kind of scary hopefully some of our prospects you know make me feel a little a little less pessimistic about this but well, i let still me I, it you could arguably say we have to fill in all of these I just, I, I think you're moving some pieces around, you know, you're going to add some of these guys are going to develop and get like jump over into the elite conversation. I think that's totally possible. I, I just, uh, I'm looking at, so I'm trying to look at the New Jersey devils right now. Right. So they get Jack Hughes in 2019. Then they get uh, Alexander Holtz in uh, 2020 which i i think that was one of the guys we had our eyeballs on but that's not like devils are in the playoffs because of halts right uh then they get luke hughes in 2021 
hasn't played a game yet. And then what, 2022, where was their draft pick? So, oh, wait, what am I missing here? Did they trade for, to get to that number two pick overall? Um, any hoozles. So, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of guys who have not figured into the conversation where New Jersey's at. So, if you look at 2019, you know, we, we were stinkers like the next year, but they also had a couple of first picks before that as well. New Jersey's had a lot of a lot of top picks, and I think the Red Wings are still kind of hoping they're going to roll in a couple more top picks. Um, so I think it's just, oh, man. I think we're rolling the dice, Mike. I think we're hoping that uh, whatever the strategy is that Steve builds with, uh, you know, he puts a team together, right, to do all the scouting. Hopefully there's the one thing or the 10 things they look for that turns into this is the player we're drafting. And, um, you know, I think that's what we grade Steve on later uh, because I, I think I pulled, I pulled this for a reason. Um, but it's connected to this statement here. And what I'm talking about, this is the 23, 24, and 25 draft picks for the Detroit Red Wings, tying it back to this statement. And of course, how bleak it looks according to the athletic for our journey to becoming a cup winner. Uh, Elliot Friedman says GM's indicating they're expecting cap to go up, uh, only go up 1 million. Batman leaves a window open for basically a negotiation to go higher than 1 million. Realistic look, we're either doing one million or nothing. I mean, but with the Red Wings, that's to our benefit, right? Because yes, our cap sheet's completely clean. Right. That's what I was going to say. Is we've we still have a bunch of assets that don't have a dollar assigned to it, and we have all these assets coming in the first and second round over the next couple of years. That again, not only do they have no dollar that's eating anything up right now, which is a great move considering where the cap could be headed but even when we make those moves and draft the guys we're a few years away and getting even closer to when the cap starts to jump up uh before any of that becomes a problem so coming back to like the sabers and the senators every move they've done with these teams they're one year closer into having difficult conversations with some of these guys that are checking off boxes and what happens when you've got to replace those guys we know the lightning Headed, going to be headed down in a couple of years. Boston could be as soon as next year if, uh, you know, Krejci makes a huge difference. Bergeron makes a huge difference. But are they even going to be around next year? Um, goaltending is also all over the place. So is Omar going to turn in another amazing year? So there's a lot of, there's negative things you can tie to some of these teams and where they're standing right now. But the Red Wings... We know they weren't going to win the cup this year. I think you, you're you putting some pieces in place. And I, I know what you mean with the Dylan Larkin contract signing, but they didn't pull a Matthew Stafford and make him the highest paid hockey player of all time at the point of his signing, which Stafford was the highest paid quarterback when he signed his contract uh, with the Detroit Lions is what I mean to say years years ago. Instead, Dylan Larkin got paid a very fair contract for who he is. And we're not destroyed by that contract in any way. And the salary cap's just going to go up. And by the time we're in year eight, oh man, and hopefully inflation just, whew, hopefully we keep getting destroyed by inflation. And that Dylan Larkin contract is not going to hurt uh, as much as it could. 
right now if he was at the age you know that he'd be at in his eighth year and getting paid eight and a half million that would kill us right now but it won't right now yeah it's not the situation we're in no uh iserman as far as uh you know evaluating young talent as far as winning trades um as far as being a negotiator you know with sports agents um I think he's very good at all those things. As a Red Wing, has he been very lucky? No, not as a GM. So i I would like I would like to think that he gets a little luck this year when we figure out that draft lottery. Um, because otherwise, yeah, if if you don't get one of those top guys, yes, I know that Iserman can find somebody at you know if we end up drafting drafting tenth, I know that he can find somebody who's going to be pretty good, but. Man, it would be nice to make our lives just a little bit easier to feel like we can draft one of the guys who is going to be a, a NHL game changer, you know, on the cover of, you know, magazines and video games and, you know, the league, somebody they want to sell. Um, that's the one thing I, I, I wish we could get him, uh, I don't know, a bunch of rabbit's feet. Matt, I don't know what kind of luck he got over there, but, man, could we use it? Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's also to say, like when we're judging Steve Eiserman too, and we know that, you know, maybe the luck is that the draft pools have sucked. Maybe the luck is that, co- or the bad luck is that he had to draft through a couple of years of COVID and the groups of players he was drafting missed full years of development. And maybe that stunted huge groups of NHL players and their ability to grow, which is a broad statement for the 200 guys coming into the NHL or being drafted into the NHL. But we could be looking back 10 years from now and just being like, oh my God, that crop of players, like the Red Wings could not have picked a worse three years to be tanking. Um, But I want to check the comments here. Uh, And we will, when we get back, right after this commercial break. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here! That's right, it's the big one! Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly! Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet. No sweat. Bet back up to $10. All right. So, I know I put in my bracket. I think I had... I don't really know anything about college basketball, but I think I had Kansas winning it all. So you guys, uh, you know, keep an eye on them, I guess. I don't know. And they might be a number two ranked somewhere here or there. All right. Who cares? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum eligibility and restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I cut off uh, pretty quick there at the end. Yeah. Um, where I think we? I've seen comments from Joe. Is it Diamond? Um, saying player progression is the hardest thing about this. Many of our players aren't even close to their peak. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, if uh, Bobby Fish was here, he'd say, where's the lie? 
Um, yeah, because that's a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty true comment there, Joe. Jared throws out there: the team needs better depth. We can't keep seeing half the team be Griffins. Uh, Dan B. May May eighth changes it all, baby. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping we could go live on that day and uh, kind of give our our live thoughts or maybe just share our sadness. I mean, it would be great to go live, and uh, I'd love to share that moment with y'all if we land. If we land at the top, yeah, could you we're... like? I'm we're just gonna have to, we're definitely doing a show that day. I'm sorry. I mean, we need if, to be if, here for that elation if <laughs> if something very nice happens. All right. I mean, I'm gonna play this game real quick here. Um, there was there was like the the comment like if the Red Wings got Bedard, uh, mm -hmm. do you put him on a wing with Dylan Larkin? And I think you see that GSVA shoot up just like uh, you would with you know any uh, Connor McDavid with Dylan Larkin. Um, so Bedard helps out on uh, an elite winger, elite center, whatever you whatever you want to do there. I did we like bump the Larkin down to the second line. I'm sorry. What? Oh, I said, do we bump Larkin down to the second line? For sure, if Marco if Marco Casper fits in there, which I think is an you know they they announced. Um, I think Steve Eiserman didn't make the announcement. Uh, Might have been. Hacken Anderson. I, I don't I I can't remember who made the announcement, but they did say Marco Casper coming over to uh, North America next year. So that's how you maybe that's two years away. That uh, what I'm building right now. But some combination of Larkin, Bedard, and Casper. I mean that this is where it's fun, right? This is the fantasy booking. Of course, when we don't win the draft lottery, we're miserable and sad again. But like it's right. You know we're we're pretty close. It's right there. I don't know. I, I don't like Andrew Cop being my top line center on this on this chart. Uh, Lucas's tiny numbers, they have to improve. We're talking about a tiny little guy who's in his second year. He's not tiny, but I mean he's he's pretty small. He's the Adam Cole um, of the Red Wings. <laughs> if I could throw another uh, wrestling all, one analogy in there. For all intents and purposes, I mean Kubi, I think we like the start Kubelik had. But he was also dropped from this Chicago Blackhawks team. He's at a point nine. This is just not cutting it right now. Uh, and then you finish off this conversation with Pew Suter, Robbie Fabry, Ben Chirot, and Olimata. I think we all like Olimata. Still turns out a negative game score, which could be tied to the team he goes out there with. And, of course, the Ben Chirot effect. But, you know. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, room for that's room. why I'm, I'm still of the opinion. I think we have depth. What we don't have is the elite side. So guys kind of playing above where they're supposed to be. Um, but, you know, you, you need a lot of luck. And uh, that's what's going to kind of turn that around. Yeah, Ken thrown out there. I look at our lineup. We need luck. Um, here's Fethdar, I mean, making the, the best point. The chart said that Vass was not elite, but he became elite. Analytics uh, are great, but players' growth can be surprising sometimes. Um that's a great point by Feth Dar. I, I, we see guys take it. We talked about the Sabres. I think there are a couple people guilty of making fun of the Sabres and the Tage Thompson contract. And of course, he could come crashing down. But, I mean, the guy's going to challenge for the Rocket Richard this uh, year. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people missed on him, including yeah. uh, just about everybody in our Fantasy Hockey League. Uh, I think he went like number 140 or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've done that math. I've done that yeah. math a couple of times. 
Uh, Jared Shaw, problem with uh, what we talked about earlier in the Austin Matthews scenario is you can't depend on one player. Absolutely. Which is why we've got our fingers crossed on May 8th for us to win the draft lottery. So it's either Austin Matthews, Connor Bedard, or Fire Advisor. Yeah, we've got all our eggs in two baskets. That's great. <laughs> just one. No, Jared, watch just, out! Watch uh, out for this, uh, Jared, to be our uh, our post for tomorrow. The uh, our clip from this episode. No, Jared's um, right. I mean, it's not one player, but I mean, one player makes your life so much easier. Like, uh, you know, because right. not saying like McDavid. Right, I you barely even need to know who else is on that you know Oilers team. It's just he's he could just carry you. He can put the whole mm-hmm. team back and score four or five goals. It's possible. For, you know, it's not it's not outside the realm of probability for him. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's great to have depth. But my God, does your life get easier with a superstar? Like you, you can almost start thinking about playoffs with one very excellent player. Yeah, it's um, it is kind of funny. We give Ken Holland such a hard time, um, because what I mean, Edmonton's really set up to just live and die with Connor McDavid and he proved last year he could carry that team to the conference finals. Um, and that was with an injured dry cycle. So I, I, I am excited to see Edmonton this year. I don't, I don't despise Edmonton. I don't despise Connor McDavid, but I, I do, I did want to bring up like you, the best point is the difference of the conversation of depending on landing that player and having that player and revolving your team around that. Like, um, like you said, I mean, those are two completely different conversations. That one player can make all the difference. But to Jared's point, right. I mean, yeah, we're not hoping that Austin Matthews uh, comes over here. I'm pretty, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say either Toronto or Arizona. Right. For Matthews? Yeah. Oh, Hometown God. boy or sticks with Toronto. Uh. Maybe Texas, because just somewhere in Texas, because they have uh, what is it? No, is it no income tax? I always thought that was a sexy idea. Or Florida, right? Florida, and uh, I think the amount of money you make on an NHL contract is maximized in Florida. So, like Tampa can offer less money to some guys to fill out their bottom nine. On the forward side, because guys are actually going to come home with more money, which is right. crazy. Um, it's like it's like you know guys taking a pay cut to to play with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, that you know what that's the other thing too is once you have a superstar like that, it's so much easier to like recruit free agents to come to your team because it's like you yeah. get to play with one of the best players in the world instead of you know when we want a good player, for example, as the Red Wings, it's like. It'd be really cool to be here, and you're going to be far and away our best player, and so our very success hinges on you being the very best, so thanks a lot. So it's <laughs> it's just a, it's a tough sell, because that player knows that they're good, and it, it shouldn't be, you know, you, your wins depend on me. If I don't play there, you're probably going to lose. Like, that's that's not a selling point. <laughs> um. I was wondering, Mike, how do, you, how do you feel about this? This is definitely off topic. Um, yeah. You know, I still have those two jerseys I bought off Mercari that don't have a name on it. I was thinking Jake Wallman would be fun. I've got him um, inked for another three years. Get a fun number, like 96. Like, think about you have to pay for a number 
on your jersey. You know, like you're actually covering more real estate. So I, I, it's like I'm saving money if you get number 96, you know, because you, you've you got to pay for more number. For the name, you get uh, the word May. And then for the number, you get uh, 823. That's the day everything changed. I will do that on May 8th. <laughs> Wait, can I get a Bedard jersey? No, you got to get, no, you get, you get the date that everything changed. Don't get a Bedard jersey, man. So let, let's sum this all basic. up, right? Like we've been all over the place. Um, there's some pieces we think could hit. Um, I, I like uh, Diamond just summing this up for us. So thanks, Joe. Thanks for coming along, Joe. I, I want to see you in the comments more often. Uh, maybe one of these elite players we need is already in our system. They're racking up all those draft picks. We're still letting guys, I mean, we just watched Berggren's first season good gravy did he look amazing it was all about hockey smarts it wasn't just us going wow good thing he's fast and if that goes away then what you know it was, it was his ability to see the game how many times did we talk about a power play goal that he was just exactly where he needed to be to knock it in because he knew exactly where the puck was going to go because he's been in that situation in his head he did did you ever hear that? I know we've brought it up before, but that story of Wayne Gretzky. And yes, I'm comparing Berger to Wayne Gretzky right now. But Wayne would listen to games on the radio and just pencil his way around a drawn ice rink. In those darker shaded areas, he knew that's where the puck was going to go. That's how he was. He attributed that to a lot of his success. And I'm not saying Berger did that. But what you can see is those parallels to where that can find you success in the NHL for how many times Berggren's just been standing in front of the net and the puck lands right on his stick and he just goes, boop, in the net. Power play goal. Right? Okay. Mind anyway, bounce. I got yeah. off track, just like I said I wasn't gonna. Matt, that's what you're best at. We love it. Got some good pieces that I think are being pay paid very reasonably. Joe put it best. We're, we're crossing our fingers right now. We have a lot of darts to throw at the dartboard in regards to prospects and, of course, future draft picks and... Like Elliot pointed out today, Elliot Friedman with the cap being as close to frozen for another year as it can get. You've got a lot of assets tied into draft picks, which you are not paying for. And when you do start paying to have them as a contract on the team, it's a little itty bitty number. We're in a good we're in a good position right now. Now the question for the show is how far are the wings from contending? I think you could make an argument or a couple years out. And as we stated at the start of the show. If you go for Mitchkoff, well, you're looking at 26, 27 as your first year to contend. So, oof, that's a, that's a long time. Is that a nice, big enough range? I'm going to be on the cusp of 40, Matt. Uh, McLong, I like Bergeron. I think he's going to be our forward superstar, but Joe nails it here. I just heard Bergeron greater than Gretzky. I, I would have liked a question mark on the end. That's, uh, <laughs> I might have to be the new, uh, when we put this one on Spotify, it'll be the name of the episode. <laughs> Uh, Jared, going back to the Jersey conversation, 96 with a Velcro name tape swap between Holmstrom and Wallman. Doesn't hurt. Uh, Joe throws out there. Perfect comparison. Dan B, why, don't uh... forget about Kosa, who's uh, knocking socks off in the ECHL. What was that? Seven... Holmstrom. Holmstrom always sold jerseys. Why didn't he ever sell like like body armor? Remember he had those, he had to wear like bait, like a catcher's outfit because he was always getting hit in the body and the with pucks and bodies and hot goalie sticks. I don't know. I thought he should have capitalized on that. But Matt thrown into little Max Boltman. I know you love Max. Yeah, we you know, do. You I like called I mean, him out twice today. <laughs> it would be awful if he listened to the show 
That's why he doesn't answer my DMs anymore. I, I just that I, I'll say it. Max, if you're listening, that bothered me so much. So how you oh, shit on my go. take. I, it, did. it did. It bothers me. Let's break it up twice an episode. All right. <laughs> our quota. Matt, do you have anything else? Well, yeah, I uh, uh, thought we could all take a little peek at the, the booch goal. Because, there, I mean, there's there's a rhyme and a reason. Like, I put these slides together. You know, like, it's not just pulled out of my ass. There was a whole, we were supposed to tell a whole story. And usually, oh, yeah. we yeah. take, uh, I mean, you know. We take a lot of detours. Yeah, we don't usually stay on the road. Um, yeah. But as we continue to find, like, who's going to be that superstar, like, look at this goal, Booch. That, that is incredible. It's a, a double OT goal. Booch gets the game winner. Um, that's our boy. But also, you know, if you watch the replay again, like, you know, watch the defense. It's just kind of like, eh, I'm going to stretch my arm out. Todd, I'm not going over there. Yeah, I'm not getting embarrassed. Let bad. him score. I want to go home. So kind of just, oh. I, I'm going to say this. What I mentioned before about the um, criticism of uh, of Booch's league the V, the VHL. Um, that criticism I read after I saw this replay. So I watched this replay and I was like, oh my God, the toe drag. Look at this guy fucking tearing it up. And then I watched the replay again and I was like, oh yeah, everybody's just kind of standing around. Huh. But still, like it's uh, he still did the toe drag. He still scored the goal. Um, so I'm, ju- I'm just, I'm not less excited about Pachelnikov. I just think it's fair that you guys see what I see. And of course, uh, SHL playoffs going to get underway. Marco Casper, William Volander going to get mixed in there. I, um, I think it would be really funny if Steve Eiserman is building a playoff team. And like, don't get, you know, Mike, you're not going to get mad at me, but don't get mad at me from everybody else. It would just be really funny if he built like the ultimate playoff team. You know, like a bunch of gritty guys who play good two way defense and we just never, yeah. We're always just like on the cusp. Like we needed that goaltender that one year to push us through so we could do a St. Louis Blues or an LA Kings. And instead we're just on the cusp. But yeah, more uh, some playoff experience for Marco Casper and Volander. All good news. All of that wrapping into our conversation of two to five years. How'd you guys this, like that? This huh? is, uh, yeah, this is exciting news for uh, future Mike when I'm uh, 39. All so right. very excited Got- to turn 39 because the Red Wings will be just about just about on the cusp of contending. But go ahead. Uh, two more topics left. Okay. Hockey topics, not necessarily Red Wings topics, but I think you guys like hockey. Uh, Mike, Tony Ferrari, the Tony Ferrari on Twitter. The QMJHL is planning to have a rule in place that will ban fighting, making it black and white. This is no longer a part of our game. Tony then continues on. The end of fighting in hockey could be right around the corner. Uh, it is weird that the only sport where everybody's armed to the teeth allows fighting. Um, luckily, they do just use their fists. Um, but... kickboxing in the nhl is returning (laughs) um i mean i know a lot of the traditionalists are going to be really grinding their molars to dust um reading that right because you know does that mean that it eventually gets to the point where the nhl says no more fighting um 
because this league like baseball is so um like it's it's followed so closely um by the traditionalists who don't want to see anything change i don't think that the fighting will ever leave the nhl but uh i don't i don't know it just seems so it just it the nhl just seems like such a contrarian you know what i mean because no mm-hmm. other if you even think about fighting in any other sport you're done you're out you're suspended like it's not even a question yeah but, you know what like, hockey, it's like a couple minutes in a box and we'll see you in five minutes i still like if i'm watching baseball i think i'm i don't know baseball seems different like i, I will watch a punch get thrown like uh like uh what do you call it emptying the benches or what's the phrase oh the empty the dugout yeah emptying the the dugout like that's that's kind of like a part of baseball to me. But if I, I don't know what it is. Baseball, I'm fine. Obviously, hockey, we're used to it. In the NFL or the NBA, if I see a punch thrown, I'm just like, oh, oh, what is he doing? How could he? Like, I'm always, I'm always in shock. I am just a jaw on the floor. Hockey, I'm fine. Baseball, I'm fine. And then it happens in basketball and football. And I'm just like, oh, he, oh, he was bad. Like, He's uh... Because there's He's people gone. outside their like their fighting weight class, you know, in football and, and basketball, you might have like a you know six two point guard trying to fight like a seven foot three hundred twenty pound center. Um, but Ken Young band fighting now, I'm really pissed. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, when you're when you're there in person, it is fun to watch, you know, a fight go on, and you know, if your team's losing, and then you start, you know, whacking people in the corner, and then it turns into a scrum and then everybody's grabbing jerseys and throwing punches. Yeah, it's pretty entertaining, but uh, I mean, I think Dan B might be onto something. I grew up loving fighting me too, uh, but knowing the damage it does to guys' brains, I can't watch a fight anymore. Yeah. It's a little bit, you know, Matt and I are big wrestling fans and they outlawed. I I used to be. Yeah. I I outlawed uh, chair shots. Mike still is. They outlawed chair shots to the head because you uh turns out you do damage uh to your your organs in your skull and turns out your skull houses your brain. So not not good. Um Yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's why I stopped watching uh... to uh take a seat and uh I don't know. Maybe we are on the road to no more fighting and maybe there'll just be a, a generation of hockey fans that don't really pine for it like we did, even though some of our favorite Detroit hockey memories involve fisticuffs with the colorado avalanche um yeah i mean now we'll now we'll have memories about scoring goals which have is you, the point of the game have you but, watched uh, uh like the old pregame for like the nfl on cbs no from like the 80s or the 70s oh is like, it like like open field tackles every, for guys every, just everything yeah everything in there is a is a penalty now um i think tony's point i don't know I, i'm gonna do i'm reading it again maybe not right around the corner but this definitely feels like the first move that gets you towards no more fighting in hockey um but yeah i agree with dan obviously like gosh i remember and i'm ashamed of this now i used to be really proud of it but um there was a Columbus Blue Jackets game that I went to, and there were two Columbus Blue Jackets fans right in front of me that were really obnoxious. And uh, Blue Blue Jackets scored the first goal, and then the Wings scored like the next six. And then there was this huge fight at like the end of the third period because it was a blowout. 
And I was, I don't know why I did this, but I was just in their ears and I was just like, yeah, yeah, get out of here. Go out. Like I'm yelling to, to them to leave and they did, they got up and left. And then like to me and everybody else around, we we're all like, yeah, we got him to leave. And we were like, high five. Now I'm ashamed. Yeah. But like the fight got me, like I turned into a monster, you know, like I turned into an animal really got me going. I love seeing all the blood and sweat. Like I, I loved it. I can't deny it. Dan's right. Grew up loving it. But, you know, maybe we take the decision out of players' hands and they would say, I don't mind if we have fighting. And we go, um, yeah, but now you're going to live longer. And, and and by the way, Chewie going, I love when uh, they charge at the pitcher after being hit by the ball. That is one of my <laughs> favorite things, uh, to watch them chase the pitcher down. And he's, you know, he's got to protect his arm. You know, it's worth like $200 million. So he's got to like, Try and glove slap, you know, like an attacker away to, to yeah. protect his investment. Um, but uh, yeah, that is a fun experience. Uh, I like Joe. No way Columbus fans were obnoxious. <laughs> oh my God. They, they were the worst. Like before the game started, you know, like, like turning around and saying to me, like, we just came because we knew we were going to win. And I was like, okay, great. And then when they scored the first goal, you know, told you. <laughs> and then when we scored six more, I was like, suck it. Yeah. Sorry. It was ugly. I'm, I'm not proud anymore. I was very proud at the time. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, do we have one more? Did I have another? Oh, yeah, I don't really care oh. about this. Gary Bettman uh, received expansion interest in Atlanta, Houston, and Quebec City. Um, let's go Atlanta. Um, man, Houston and Quebec City will probably make the most money. I don't know. I feel like Quebec <laughs> is the best choice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. It always still seems, again, contrary to... Um, you know, common sense to keep opening new French, new ice hockey franchises, you know, in hot, hot areas. Does Austin Matthews change your mind? Is that, does the league need to step in and move Austin Matthews back to his hometown? Because... No, they need to send him uh, to the Detroit Red Wings, Matt. He needs to change that okay. blue sweater for a red one. That's what we All right. do. All right. No, I was, I was just wondering. I was curious. Oh, that's Cotter Bedard and uh, what's his name from It's Always Sunny. All right. That was last week's oh, episode. I didn't delete is, all the slides. Uh, Matt, stop putting your phone <laughs> search history on there. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> Just staring at Connor Bedard. <laughs> I mean, he's a good looking cat. Like he's he's going to be on posters, you know. I have no problem saying that. I'm comfortable. Wow. I, I have I hope, a wife. I hope I Matt's wife is excited to have that poster above the old bed. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you call me? Who's Connor? Um. I like Joe's comment. Atlanta, because they've never tried that before. <laughs> Third time's a charm. Um, Dan B would love to see the Nordiques back, but never going to go to Quebec again. I, I actually did like a full, uh, I did a project uh, when I was getting my MBA, like to, to come back to this. And I, I actually said like Quebec has the most potential for revenue, which I thought, why don't you, if you're going to add an Atlanta or a Houston, you need to add Quebec City too, kind of thing. So you don't just have this money vacuum like you do in Arizona. Where they're like, no, just give us a couple more years. We'll be out of Mullet Arena. It's fine. 
It's all part of the plan. It's like, okay. It's the most ridiculous thing in sports. Um. <sighs> all right. Well, everybody, did you all have fun? I hope you did. I hope you can hit the like button for us on YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, please take a second. Do us a huge favor. Go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Give us a, a rate of Rooney. We'd really appreciate it. And um, yeah. Thanks for coming along, guys. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. And hopefully we'll have some maybe a win to talk about. Maybe Chase on will keep his streak going. Um, yeah. yeah. We Come got our elite player. Play elite Chase on. Woo! He's, it's, it is kind of funny. He's been more productive than Tyler Bertuzzi on a per-minute basis. Um, Whoopsie. I love ending my the podcast with these thoughts that just would enrage some fans like you didn't even really need tyler bertuzzi you just needed some tall guy to work with uh dylan larkin that's all so not a tall guy uh you know a guy will muck it up that's all all right now that everybody's angry uh we'll uh we'll see you guys next week thanks for hanging around toodles